listening to the Mobcast Network. Welcome to the Cult Movie Cantina! Woo. Hello! This is the podcast that looks at some of your favorite cult films. As an alcoholic beverage. Me uh, today! That's her today. Uh, Introduce to someone we've not, never seen it. That's also me today. And, and me. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, and me and Uncle Andrew haven't seen it in a minute. So I've close, never seen it. Close enough. And then we talk about it. Yeah, we do. Uh, this week we have a special guest. So yes, we uh, do. Uh, that's Uncle Henry. He's he's stepping in for our Lady of Libations. <laughs> thank you, thank you for having me. I love being on your podcast. I love having you. He's you're, my favorite. He's, you're just Tina's favorite. Well, I feel a deep uh, empathy and sympathy for her. Nobody else does. <laughs> well, they they've asked you to watch some pretty lousy movies. <laughs> thank you, Uncle Henry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's the premise of the show. So I'm just going to go with that. Yeah. I'm your name, American Pop Culture Spirit Guide Scotty, and I'm joined by, as always, Justina, your angelical <laughs> jester. She who knows no movies. movies. Well, Stephanie is kind of weird. Yeah. The, the, the balance is off. It, it throws it off. It throws it off. How can yeah. I, how can I uh, act in the, the Stephanie role? Uh, just drink. <laughs> when the All drinking right. part comes. Okay. All right. Just drink. <laughs> can do that. After watching this movie, necessary yeah mm-hmm. um you can find us on any fine podcast app you're probably listening to us on a podcast app now please uh rate and subscribe to help us out uh we're also on facebook at facebook.com slash cult movie cantina uh we're on youtube at youtube.com slash mopcast network and we're on tiktok at mopcast when you ask people to rate us um are you ever asking them to send us like pg pg 13 r ratings no <laughs> we should i would like to know how our episode is rating okay so I know they're all exploitative, so just in case, I just keep the. They e won't be when we watch Toy Story. <laughs> all right. Well, then it depends on if Steph's here, because Steph will probably drop the F. Yeah, it's Steph. Can look, I'm here. Can we not drop bombs? <laughs> I don't plan to drop any bombs. Okay, good. Thank you. I mean, I have beverages. <laughs> um, we're also joined by producer number, number two. two. Hey, everybody. Which Uncle Henry named at yep. his last appearance. Yep. I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking uh, Star Trek, and I was telling about how I like Riker. Oh, okay. Right. All and right. so it's, from then on, he's become our number two. Well, I, I did like not that. remember that where that was from. Who so. does? There's a clip of it. There's. Yeah. I made a clip specifically of that. <laughs> that's on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Because <laughs> it was It's adorable historic. that you think I have time to watch those. <laughs> that's so cute. So I don't have kids or not married, so I can devote my time there. I'm married to this, whatever this is. That's fair. Who does number two work for? You guys. Uh, yay, guys. So we've got all our things out. Uh, this week we watched um, the Clint Eastwood classic, I dare say. Uh, Every Which Way But Loose from 1978. Um, I'm really excited about uh, your thoughts on this. <laughs> Um, I picked this movie because I wanted, you know, Steph's out. She's in um, Iowa, Idaho, Idaho, one of the I states. But it's a beautiful state right next to my home state with snow so she can suck it. I mean that in the best way possible. Have the best time. (laughs) Yeah, she's in a lot of snow right now. So Um, jealous. And so, um, so, you know, we had a spot open. I was like, oh, cool. We can get it. We'll ask Uncle Henry if he'll come join us. And then originally we're going to do Smoking the Bandit 2. And the long lines of things that you've never seen the first version of a movie will drop you yeah. in a sequel. He likes doing that. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Um, however, Stephanie did Smoking the Bandit with us. And I kind of felt like she should have be here for the second one. That's fair. So uh, I was on YouTube as I want to be. 
and then I saw uh, the trailer for uh, Every Which Way But Loose. And I was like, oh, it's got punching, which is one of your favorite things. It is. I love punching in films. And so, and then it's like, and a monkey. It's like, how can you go wrong with a monkey? Okay, wait, I just, I want to take a moment to clarify some details real quick. Uncle Henry, you did not pick this movie? No, I did not. Do you like this movie? I have a lot of strong thoughts about this movie. Let me just say that I watched this movie all the way through because you picked it in my brain i thought I, no and i was like i don't know why he likes it because i did not enjoy it but i did it for you all right well I the want, fact that I'm you didn't pick it makes me happy all right so so are we at a point in this podcast where we can talk about our thoughts and oh, feelings give, on give me just i'm we're, sorry we're jumped. Almost, we're, we I jumped jumped. a little bit yeah. we'll get, i'm sorry we'll get there. hold the thoughts i'm super happy right now so You've been on the show like five times. We have a format. <laughs> you, well, you invite me every five years. So I no, forgot he was number two. No, you you have a standing invitation. You can come on anytime you want. All right. You're always welcome. Uncle All right. Right. Next we'll time, I'm going to reach Sunday. out to you, and you're Please. just going to show up. Please. And we're not going to tell them that you're coming. Right, that would be, I'd love he it. Will be, he will not like that, I'll, and that will be fine. I will love I'll just it. tell you. I'll let you know I ahead of time. I seeing you. It would be a treat. Get to, get to the podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Every Which Way We Lose came out in 1978, directed by James Fargo, who is a Spielberg guy and an East What? Yeah, he's a Spielberg guy. So he worked with Spielberg on Sugarland Express and on Jaws. Okay. okay. And then moved on to working with Eastwood, directed The Enforcer and Gauntlet and a couple other things. Definitely, okay. definitely a career path. Uh, written by Jeremy Joe uh, Kronzberg, who did three other films including the sequel to this one uh any which way you can (laughs) how did that any which way you can uh the other one is also a movie called going ape he wrote monkey movies he liked monkeys was that his monkey no it was not (laughs) if i had a monkey i'd make a bunch of monkey movies too (laughs) it's like we're gonna make monkey movies uh uh stars clint eastwood as philo beto uh sandra lockhart as lynn halsey taylor Jeffrey Lewis as Orville. Beverly D'Angelo as Echo. What? Echo? That was fantastic. It's my favorite joke in the movie. Uh, Walter Barnes as Tank Murdoch. Ruth Gordon, Oscar Oscar winner, five-time Oscar nominee Ugh. as Ma. She was one of my favorite characters. I knew you would like her. Okay. I loved her so much, and I loved his brother so much. Norval. They were my favorite. I hated both of them. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then uh, um, Manus as uh, Clyde the Orangutan. He wasn't my favorite. He wasn't. He could have done better. He <laughs> could have done better. Um, do you have any fun facts for us? I actually don't. Oh, I have something else. Because every time we do this now for this season, I do something different. Did you know, fun fact, to start the non-fun facts, in 1971, the game The Oregon Trail came out. Did it come out in 71? It sure did. Wow. So I have 10 trivia questions about the Oregon Trail that you two will be answering that takes you through the, the game. The trivia starts at the beginning, and then you end at the end of the, end of the Do game. Do you know the Oregon Trail? No. Well, this will be real fun then. <laughs> the Oregon Trail is a old computer game, apparently from 71? hmm <sighs> Why did we pick 71? Did you think the movie came out in 71? No, I looked up like facts from yeah. the 70s. Oh, facts from the 70s. So Oregon Trail that, came right like, after Pong? I guess. I, I right. really, so it was an educational game where you played um, settlers from leaving Missouri, and you had to cross the, the trail to get to Oregon. Okay. And it was full of, you know, there was hunting, and right. you could dive dysentery. It was a whole thing. Okay. 
Question one. Yes. Would you like me to give it to each one of you individually or let it be open to either of you to answer? Open to either of you. Okay. A game of Oregon Trail begins with a choice. As leader of your party, what is your occupation? Your decision affects several aspects of the game, from your available cash to the bonus added to your score. Members of which profession begin with the most money? We have options. Farmer. The banker and the carpenter begin with the same amount. Carpenter or banker? Banker. That's what I would say, banker. It is the banker. That is correct. I think there's a description as to why. Because they have the money. Yeah, they got, yeah. So the if I remember, the banker has the money, but they're really, like, terrible at other aspects of the game. I don't yep. think they can hunt very well, and I don't think they... I yeah, think their wagon so. falls apart. Very right. All they and do is have money. Right. And so I think I remember Carpenter, you you can uh, fix the wheel a lot more easily or it'll, it'll last longer. All right. Ready for question two? Yeah. Sure. To many players, one of the most fun parts of Oregon Trail has always been choosing the names of the party members, including the leader. How many people are there in each party? Four, five, Eight or two? Eight. Five. Five is correct. Eight is a lot of people to take care of, Uncle Henry. I've never heard of this game. I just want you to know, if you're, just, you know, I'm if you're doing it, you're doing good. You're doing great. I'm, try, yeah. I'm trying to get, to get this thing going here. Next time I see you, I will hand you the card game, the Oregon Trail, that oh. is exclusive at Target for Wonderful. $15 because I almost bought it. <laughs> All right, question three. Before you can leave Independence, Missouri in 1848, you've got to purchase supplies for the trip. At Matt's General Store, a nifty little DOS interface allows you to spend your hard-saved cash on a variety of useful items. What doesn't Matt sell? Food, oxen, blankets, or ammunition? Oxen. Blankets. Blankets is the correct answer. You know this game really well. I played it a lot in middle school. <laughs> oh, really? A that. lot. Uh, like mean, on the old Apple IIe's, it came on two floppy disks. I mean, to be you fair, got halfway to Oregon, then you had to switch disks. <laughs> also, to be fair, what else were you going to play? Noble number munchers. Yeah. That, was, that was it. Yeah. That was the 80s. That's all we had, kids. All right. Question four. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I like Henry. your game I, show I thought, voice. <laughs> I really thought you would be familiar with the game. It's okay. It's okay. Because everybody everybody kind of knows it. Maybe not the answer. I don't know any of these answers. I don't know this stuff. I don't know it at all. You're doing great. Number four. <laughs> it's time to leave Independence and head to Oregon. You've decided what month to depart, what pace to set your team, and what rations to give your family. What combination of pace and rations is most likely to result in disaster? Strenuous pace and meager rations? Grueling pace and bare bone rations, grueling pace and generous rations, or a steady pace and bare bone rations? The first two. I like the second one, whatever that one was. <laughs> Strenuous and meager, I guess. Whatever the, that's the second one, right? Uh, that was the first one. First one. What's the second one? The second one was grueling pace and bare bone rations. Yeah, that sounds like it's worse. <laughs> <laughs> Grueling sounds better. Like, which one are you picking? Uh, grueling and bareback, bare bones. Bareback. 
this podcast has just taken a turn for the worst. Which one did you pick, Uncle Henry? Either of the first two. I'll go with the first one. So it was the grueling pace and the bare bone rations. Right, because so it sounds terrible. Make them struggle and you shall live. It's pretty much the end result there. All right. After watching the black and white pixelated scenery pass slowly by on your monitor. It doesn't do that. The appearance <laughs> of a river to cross adds a great deal of excitement. Yes, you got to afford that back. Yep. Based on local conditions, like the depth of the river and resources available, you can choose from several options for the river crossing. Which of these choices is never presented as a way to reach the other side? Pay a few dollars to take the ferry across. Caulk the wagon and float it across. Fell nearby trees and build a bridge or ford the river. Build a bridge. You don't, you don't do that. Mm -mm. How am I supposed to, look, you played the game. Right. How am I supposed to, how am I supposed to out get, to me, caulking <laughs> sounds just as stupid as building a, a bridge. It doesn't always work. It's yeah, funny. No. It's funny to watch the boat, uh, the, the, the wagon as a boat, if you caulk it and it just kind of falls all apart. Right, well then, all right, I lose again. Yeah. And then, so, Uncle Henry, I need you to know that I did not expect Scotty to know this game this well. <laughs> I forgot. I am the Native American. Like the the Rain Man. I'm the Native and American Bob Guide. Yeah. It's in my title. So. My apologies. I'd be ashamed now, if I didn't know stuff now, like did this. did you expect that I knew this game? But if it helps, I played this game as well, and yeah. I knew none of these answers. Oh, okay. okay. So I got all of them wrong when I read them myself. Okay. <laughs> uh, the one that is never presented is fell nearby mm -hmm. trees and build a bridge. Apparently, you can caulk a wagon, but yep. not build a bridge. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Got to patch them and fill them holes yep. so they can float. All right. Now I have to get back to the last question. Always forward, though. <laughs> Number six. You continue making your slow progress across the country when disaster suddenly strikes in the text below. One of your party members, let's call her Mary, is suffering from dysentery. Which of these options, by itself, is most likely to help her recover? Do you need to stop the wagon and rest for a few days? Should you increase rations, rations, rations <laughs> for the party, slow the pace of the wagon, or increase the pace so as to get to a doctor in the next town? Poor Mary has dysentery, guys. If it helps Uncle Henry, everybody dies from dysentery in this game. Oh, really? Okay. Pretty much. You either make it or you've died of dysentery. Dysentery, cholera. There's a bunch of other ways you can die in this game. Basically dysentery. Um, That's where I learned what dysentery was when I was in <laughs> fifth grade. And it was just... This is the only place I know it from. <laughs> um, Rest. So you're saying... Stop the wagon and rest, rest for a few yeah, days. Yes. That was going to be my answer, the first option. Okay. Mm -hmm. It is the correct answer. Yeah. Give poor Mary a break. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because they... I, I don't remember, like, getting her... I don't remember an option of, like, we got to speed up and get to the... Yeah, I don't remember being able to get to a doctor. To a doctor I, don't, yeah. I don't remember a doctor option. Well, despite your best efforts, Mary dies from illness. <laughs> That's true. She yeah. almost always does. So your thoughts have turned to mortality and philosophy. Do video game characters go to pixel heaven? When the text window informs you that you're passing a tombstone by the side of the road, what does this mean? A previous player's party died at this spot and they left a... What is that? E-P-I-T-A... Epitaph. That one? For future players to read? Well, that's an epitaph. There's a tombstone shop here and you can purchase one for Mary and a spare in case another person dies. 
A historical pioneer died at this spot, and you can find his or her biography on the tombstone. Or a historical battle between the U.S. Army and Native Americans occurred here, and you can read about it on the tombstone. You're looking at me for. I was thinking you're going to answer <laughs> yeah, first. Oh, um, the uh, first option. Uh, it's correct. It's the, uh, the previous players. I've died Seriously. There. He just, like, of all the things to keep in your brain at all times, like, <laughs> this is what he's got up in there. Like, just think of something more important that could be there, but it can't. Math. I don't have math skills, guys. Outcome of every. So I understand. But the reason why I remember that is because you can name your guy, your main guy, any kind of silly name. So when when they and there was a lot of tombstones, a lot of people played the game because it saved saved it. So you would like, oh, here here lies Batman, or here lies whatever, and 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 since it would be saved a lot on school, yeah, and since it would be on school computers a lot, everybody at school would be. How do you know so much about it? Did they even it. play it at school when you were in school? Yeah, that's shocking a little bit. He didn't play it like I played though. He, he, no, it was a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he was. A, he was not even. It wasn't. It wasn't a DOS version. Um, All right, okay. Uncle Henry, we're almost done. Just bear with me. God bless you. <laughs> Number eight. As you as your journey progresses, you notice a countdown on your screen. Next landmark: twenty five miles, twenty four miles, twenty three miles. Finally, your wagon arrives at Independence Rock, illustrated by a colorful traveling scene, a change of music, and some new options for your party. I would I like what? to say on our Max, they were just that weird yellow green that I could barely see. It probably wasn't. You probably just couldn't see the colors that were there. What can't <laughs> no, you no, no. do at no, Independence no, no. Rock I'm, and other lands? I'm just saying Perdido couldn't afford color screens. So. Oh, no, that makes sense, too. <laughs> so what can't you do at Independence Rocks? Independence Rock and other landmarks. Purchase goods and supplies. Decide to settle nearby, learn about the history of the area, or rest before continuing on. Settle. That was going to be my answer. You can't stop and... and uh, yeah, you haven't made it. Because we got we got to go to Oregon. Yeah, that right. is correct. You can't settle, but you can do the rest of it. The Oregon Trail has now become Independence Rock Trail. We're going to stay here, please. All right. <laughs> question nine. That I cut the question out of. So hold on one second because I got to go down here. Your party is running low on food. So you stop the wagon, unpack the ammunition, and go hunting to replenish your supplies. A little stick figure, representing you, takes up a position among a few trees and boulders. You aim your musket using the arrow keys. You manage to shoot three buffalo, figure, figuring they'll feed your party for months. Instead, when you leave, you discover you can't take all three. What's the problem? Um, they're yeah, too I, heavy. <laughs> Scotty White. This is what the answer is. They're too heavy. <laughs> Uncle Henry is getting little enjoyment out of this, and you just took what little he had Are by, you? by <laughs> answering it before I could even give the options. Look. A game warden appears and writes you a citation for overhunting. One of every two buffalo is diseased and unsafe for you to use as food. Wolves or mountain lions, depending on your location, dispute your claim to two of the carcasses. There's a weight limit on you, and you can only carry back to the wagon. It's a weight limit on you. Yeah. Too heavy. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, Scotty. That's my job. Wait till the answers are read this time. Yes, Last question. <laughs> Finally, despite everything Oregon Trail can throw at you, you're almost done. You've reached the Columbia River, and all you need to do to get to Willamette Valley is to head downstream. You could take the toll road, but you find yourself short on cash. What is your other option? 
float the wagon on a raft, steering it down the river while avoiding rocks. Leave the road and forge your own trail, keeping in mind the dangers of getting lost in the mountains as winter approaches. Leave the wagon and hike along the riverbank, abandoning whatever goods you can't carry. Return to the last landmark and sell your belongings until you have enough cash for the toll road. If you're a carpenter, you can also work for money. You get a, you get on the river and you, you float down there till you get to Oregon. I would have said two, number two. So you float the wagon on a raft, steering it down the river while avoiding rocks. Yep. And congratulations, we've made it to Oregon, and Uncle Henry will now go have himself a beverage. <laughs> he was the uncle on the wagon the whole time, yelling at everybody for being so stupid all the time. I got you, Uncle Henry. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for bearing with us. I'm sorry that Scotty <laughs> knows everything. No, I just play the game. All right, brothers and sisters, gather around. Falabeto is a truck driver living in the San Fernando Valley. He lives in a small house with an orangutan named Clyde, uh, buying that of his brother or uh, Orville Boggs and his mama, Ma. <clears throat> Philo makes money on the side as a bare knuckles fighter. He's often compared to a legendary fighter named Tank Murdoch. One night, Philo becomes smitten with uh, Lee Halsey Taylor, an aspiring country music singer. Uh, he meets at the Palomino Club, a local honky tonk. His relationship with her seems to be going well until one day she and her camper disappear from the trailer park, uh, believing that he is falling for her. Philo decides to set off off uh, for Lynn's home in Denver, Colorado. Along the way, he has a run-in with a motorcycle gang called the Black Widows, uh, who incur Philo's wrath after two gang members insult him and Clyde at a traffic light. Philo chases them down, takes their bikes, which he repaints, repairs, and resells. And every attempt they make uh, made to get even results in disaster. Philo also incurs the wrath of an LAPD cop named Putnam and whom he gets into a fight with at the Palomino. Both the officer and the widows learn of Philo's trip to Colorado and head off to find him. Orville and Clyde accompany Philo to, to Denver, and on the way they meet a woman named Echo. Who? Echo. Echo. <laughs> who becomes Orville's girlfriend. Like immediately, uh, they earn money along the way by booking fights for Philo. After a fight at a slaughterhouse, and the man holding the money tries to stiff Philo, Echo fires two shots from a thirty-eight. Dead center into a side of beef. She lets the crowd know she knows how to shoot, saying, "The second shot was to let you know that the first one was no accident." <laughs> the men hand over the money. Knowing that Philo has come to look for, Lynn helps the Black Widows lure him into a trap. Philo sees Lynn and attempts to talk to her, but finds himself surrounded by the Black Widows. He managed to fight most of them until Orville intervenes using a garbage truck with a dumpster hoist. He dumps all the motorcycles into the back of the truck. The Widows charge the garbage truck, but Orville gets away. Philo, Echo, and Orville then uh, escape. Philo, Philo finally finds Lynn, and she reveals her true nature to him. Hurt by her callousness, Philo says that he is the only one dumb enough to want to take her further than, than to bed. Philo watches as Lynn erupts in a fit of rage, striking him repeatedly until she collapses in tears. Orville learns that Tank Murdoch, based in the area, is ready to retire after one more fight. Orville makes the arrangements, and Philo faces his elderly nemesis. During the fight, the crowd, initially pro-Murdoch, begins to insult him with some murmurs that Philo is going to be the next Murdoch. Philo lets his guard down intentionally, giving Murdoch a clear shot, knocking Philo to the ground for the count. Murdoch, ha ha having regained the crowd's esteem, is allowed to retire undefeated. Although he knows Philo let him win, Clyde Orville and Echo head home the very next day. Credits. Thoughts. <laughs> um, atrocious film. <laughs> just, just terrible. 
<laughs> I, I, I was shocked at how bad. I, I didn't know that Clint Eastwood made such bad films. I actually thought about that as the movie was when I was like, did he read this first? I mean, this. Oh, uh, wait, just wait. This, uh, <laughs> this movie, uh, for those that haven't seen it and you don't need to, uh, I. I guess it was 15 minutes in. I thought, wait, they're trying to make a comedy here. <laughs> it was like a drama that had some pathos, especially toward the end, some really uh, deep pathos, but they kept putting in comedy that wasn't just comedy. It was cartoonish. Like as something you'd see in an animated film, you know, f uh, chasing somebody through a car wash. <laughs> there was no point to that. The whole thing, it was just, it was nonsense. It was to enjoy this. If you, if you, the listener want to enjoy this film, you're going to have to drink. You're going to have to have several cocktails before the movie starts. Then you're going to be on the level that it was designed for. I thought this might've been fun if I'd had a couple of pops and I was with a group of people in movie theater, but this is just it didn't. It it does not make sense. The tone shifts over and over again in this movie. I didn't like Ruth Gordon. Uh, they ha they had the trope of the dirty mouthed old lady. Uh, I don't need to see Ruth Gordon taking the Lord's name in vain and cussing. Her <laughs> she did a lot of that, didn't she? Uh, it was rated PG, but it should have been PG thirteen. There was no PG thirteen at the time. There was uh, there was moments. There was once terrible sensual lovemaking scene that didn't belong in the film at all uh poorly done oh it, it was poorly done from top to bottom Justina. oh no i'm just gonna piggyback on everything he just said <laughs> it was just outside terrible. of the fact that the mom was so foul mouthed that she made me happy because i was so bored by the movie that it was fun that part was fun for me but i i don't mind about the cursing so i can understand that um, I think the brother and him just picking up the echo that was what? probably like them interacting <laughs> together was probably my favorite. Their dynamic together was that to me made it enjoyable, but I didn't enjoy Clint Eastwood and I'm pretty sure unless I go back and do like a deep audit of his movies, that is the first thing I've seen with him in it. He didn't do anything in this movie. It was a comedy where he didn't do it. He wasn't comedic at all. And the drama um, he, he barely acts in the film. It was as one of his most wooden performance. It was almost like Lee majors. It was, it was almost like Lee Majors, <laughs> yeah. who yes, is a yeah. block of wood. And yes, films. yes, yes. Uh, in this damn orangutan, <laughs> they put an orangutan in there for no reason. He was out acting him. They, <laughs> yes. The, orang the, the orangutan is in the movie for comic relief only. Yeah. There's a horrible moment. I'm sure it was a big payoff in the movie theater where the orangutan flips the bird. <laughs> we need to force an innocent animal into flipping the bird. It doesn't know what it is. That's means. exploitation, <laughs> Scotty White. That's, yeah. It's exploitation. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing. If I'm you're entertained saying. by an orangutan, I pray that you're under the age of 10. Because <laughs> if you're over the age of 10 and you're you're entertained by an orangutan flip, flip, flipping people off, uh, well, I don't know. I guess the world is your oyster because you're entertained by everything. It was terrible. It was terrible. So I never, I couldn't remember. And they made a sequel to this? <laughs> we'll get there. More punching and orangutan? Although they couldn't get the same orangutan because I looked up the act, 
the that particular we'll, orangutan. We'll uh we'll get to it. Um, don't tell me you liked it, Scotty. I because there's nothing in this for you to like. I know he did. I. It made Smokey and the Bandit look like Shakespeare. <laughs> it did. No, I 100% agree there. I 100% agree there. I, I will say um, I enjoyed the watch. However, if I never see it again, it's no great loss. Didn't it look like a, somebody wrote a drama and then somebody came in after and said, hey, let's put in some some funny stuff <laughs> and they just drop this stuff well, out of nowhere i don't even know where the drama is really it's 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 kind of a mess last uh, 15 minutes is drama yeah last so, 15 so, minutes so it was like that like i have a great idea for a scene and then like well we'll put a comedy around it and we'll see what happens i get that 100 mm-hmm. percent. i struggle with him doing this for a, a girl that he's fallen for and he seems like a straight and narrow person that's like he seems very serious, and this is important to me. I'm going to go after it. She might be in trouble. But at the very beginning, he kisses one girl and then gestures to another. So it, it's conflicting based off his character. I that have no me. idea who he was or what he did other than fight people for the entire movie. And drop off a truck and get in another and by, He's a bare-knuckle fighter on the side. But if you look at Clint Eastwood's face in the film... He looks like he's never been touched ever. <laughs> no one's ever landed a punch. <laughs> he's that. He's that good. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, what he does for a living, he he repairs vehicles. So Orville's Orville and him own a tow trucking. I believe auto, I saw auto place. I saw Orville working on a truck. Well, they own. If you look at the, the side, if you look him. at the side, of the, right? They're they're a. Well, Fido's working on a truck too, because remember he's working on the bottom of the truck, and they pick he picks it up and. You know, tells That's him to put right. the block on it. Mm-hmm. They're mechanics, um, and so and then they, he bare book, uh, he bare, bare uh, knuckle boxes on the side, and uh, Orville sets up the fights. And so that's he flips his hat when he gets into manager mode. That's yes, true. I did. That was a, that was a wonderful bit of business. And then he goes, "All right, we're doing this." And then he got the dump truck. He was one of my favorite because he was the same throughout. Like his character was consistent. He I was. That. I, I did too. I. My, I, have, I have some other weird issues about it. Like, um, I'm I'm not sure why they decided they needed a, a lot of bad guys in this. That there's like, but there aren't any real bad guys. No, there. but but the, the, the antagonists are the gang members of the, the biker gang, the, the Black Widows. He's accidentally it's like upset. the Blues Brothers, right? It's very much like the Blues Brothers. Yeah. And then like, oh, then we'll also get the cops involved. I'm like, pick one, just. Pick one. We don't need all. And of then them. also the lady because the she's stuff, also the bad guy. The stuff with the the yeah. deputy or the sheriff and his the, the the other guy, it's it's it drains from what little life this story has. No, there it's the least menacing heavies. It was like made that was like made for children's television. It was, and it was like, why are we pulling away from this? At least the bikers were silly and kind of had something going for them. Um, but th- this other stuff, I just kept getting like sidetracked to what what. That being said, there are things in it I find funny and charming. Um, I like where Philo decides that, well, he's got kind of has a girlfriend, and Orville's kind of got a girlfriend. That was on my least favorite part. So they're like, we got to go get someone for Clyde. That was stupid. He had such a deep moment. It was like, we have to get up right now. Right now. Because you don't think he doesn't understand. I was dying. Listen, we, if, could cut, we could cut that out of the movie and save some time. I like that part. It's horrible. One of the if I was Echo, I'd be like, I'm not getting out of bed to take a but monkey to get laid. But you did. She was like, uh, well, someone and needs they to made a mockery of Charlie Rich's behind closed doors. 
for comedic effect with an orangutan. They did. It was an great. With an orangutan he'd never even met or married. <laughs> Fornicating orangutan. Oh, Scotty White's all in on it. <laughs> wait, wait. I don't think orangutans are allowed to get married. I don't think that's biblical. <laughs> all right, look. It was a terrible scene, and you you were all thumbs up for it. I was, I was thumbs up. One of the few ones I was thumbs up for. And I do like I do like the fight at the end between him and Tank. I like. I did enjoy that. I like that moment. That integrity. Well, that was chose. that was a that was one of the rare acting moments from Clint Eastwood. <laughs> absolutely, rare acting from. Clint absolutely, Eastwood. absolutely. Um, not not one of my favorites we've done on this podcast, no. but I thought it would be fun, and it was kind of fun to watch. But I'm really here's the things that I'm really fascinated about by this movie. First of all, does T. Since you've never seen really other Clint Eastwood movies, I'm pretty sure I've never seen another. I know him, but I know but you I've, have. I've a lot, many. Uh, in fact, when I first bought a VCR, right, the first thing I went out to rent was uh, Fistful of Dollars. Nice, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Spaghetti Western yep. started my VCR. Did you have one of those race cars that rewound it for you? No, I did not. Uh, my grandma did. It was I fantastic. I couldn't afford it. <laughs> I, I bought my first could. VCR. On a rent-to-own basis, oh. I was very poor. Was it was it front-loading or top-loading? It was uh, front-loading. Nice, okay. nice, okay. nice. Okay, Miss Please, you were about to say something else about this horrible thing. <laughs> There's a point in Clint Eastwood's career where he looks like a young man. Yeah. And then there's a point in his career where he looks like he's 85. Yep. Oh, I love that you're bringing this up. Including this film. He looks like he's 85 yeah. years old in this movie. Yeah. I made With that dyed point. hair job. He looks very old. And like You think so? He, look, he looked about 45, 50 to me. So he, when he took off his shirt and he was walking away and you saw his back, I was like, Jennifer was still, she fell asleep in the movie. <laughs> and I love my wife, so I let her stay asleep. Um, but you go wake up was, and suffer with me. Well, at first me. I was like, did you really just fall asleep? And then she fell back asleep. And I was like, fair. So I let her sleep. But he was walking away, and I was like, oh, you can tell that he's older based on his, like, just the way his back looked, he looked mm -hmm. older. So we did research. He was 48 when the movie was made. Yes. He looked 48 40, yeah. he looked as an old person. Right. Okay. It was just really interesting because he, based on his face, he does look younger, and it was made in the 70s, and he's still alive. So it was that, how old is he? Right. He's, like, in his 90s. He's in his 90s. Yep. He's in his 90s. Uh, um, the other thing I find fascinating about this movie is that this movie fundamentally changes Clint Eastwood's career. For better or worse? For better, I think. How? Yeah, I would like to know how as well. So, after this film, you know, Clint Eastwood is also a director. And he changed his complete directing technique because of this movie. Because he learned something bad about it and he wanted to grow as a person? No. Oh, god. He learned something good from it. What? So, the this humor is... in tearing up bikes. Nope, nope, nope. Clint Eastwood directs since since so since since the eighties. Yes, um, um, this is how he directs. He wants complete quiet on his set, and he tells his actors, "Begin," and then he lets them do their stuff, and then he very quietly says, "End." And the reason why he does this is because, because of the monkey. Because of the monkey, mm -hmm. they had they couldn't have loud stuff yep. for the because the monkey would freak out. So it was very quiet on the and set. And then we would have that nope movie. Right. And mm -hmm. so it would be, you know, very quiet on the set. And so he treats all his actors like orangutans. <laughs> but I bet it was a different sort of dynamic oh, to no. that oh, yeah. to that sort of setting where everything is so loud and they're screaming all the time. Right. To have it more quiet. I bet you it work would... on sets and you know how 
chaotic it can be. Look, that's like a big thing with Drew is like a lot of people slam the clapboard mm-hmm. and it's like soft sticks because there's no point in like slamming it right. in front of something because it, it's jarring right. and it doesn't help. So, well, why did he do this movie? Okay. Why did he do this? Because he's done stuff that many people think is very high quality. This was terrible. Oh, let me get to that. So the script for this movie was originally intended for Burt Reynolds. Right. It, that, it that, looks that, exactly it's a Burt Reynolds like script. a Hal Needham. Right. In fact, Hal Needham would have actually not, it would have looked better. It wouldn't have looked like a cartoon. No, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, it came through Clint Eastwood, through Clint's secretary, to pass on to Burt because they're friends. And so Clint read it and loved it. And the reason why is because he looked back to the year before and looked at how much money that uh, Smoking the Bandit made. And so he wanted this to be his Smoking the Bandit. And so he, this is his first comedy. Say that loosely. Comedy. This is that ex- so that explains why it's, it's packed with all that country music. Right. It's it so much. Yeah, it like it's, it's trying to be Smoking the Bandit, but it just, you can't recreate Smoking the Bandit because so, Smoking the Bandit too well, doesn't they, even recreate. They did mid and, lo- mid and slow tempo songs too, which right. didn't make any, any, sense. any damn sense at all. <laughs> um, the other thing, so like this is his first quote unquote pure comedy uh, theatrical movie. Also adjusted for inflation, this is the biggest movie of Clint Eastwood's career. Okay. This movie. Made, out of all of them. Out of everything he's done. I would that say is real depressing. Late 70s, an orangutan flipping the bird. That was probably a huge crowd pleaser in so, this country. And here's why. I'm, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. So this is a Warner Brothers movie. Yep. Because Clint was on contract with Warner Brothers. Most of the stuff with Warner Brothers. Um, 78 is also the year that Superman came out. Mm-hmm. The Superman Act came out prior to this, just by a week or so. And so all the major theaters in the country got superman but back in the 70s there were a lot more movie theaters there were a lot of mom and pop movie theaters and so all the big cities got superman all the rural areas got this and they ate it up i mean this in the best way possible with no judgment at all right i feel like this sort of movie would do better with more common people absolutely right And so, so I bet it did a killing down here in Alabama. Oh, I'm sure. Baymanette had theaters back then. I bet oh, it did just, a killing in Baymanette. Just seeing Clint Eastwood drive down the road with an orangutan next to him. Right. It's just you didn't need dialogue. Right. Some I, I mean, it just was just that kind of movie. Um, what about the sequel? Was it any better? No. Did it, anybody it, help with the script? Uh, no. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same writer. They just it's a new director, but same writer. New director could have made a difference. <laughs> um. I haven't seen the sequel, so I'm, I'm very curious about what the plot would be. Since <laughs> so, this barely had one. We may save that for a future episode. <laughs> um, Uncle Henry, what? He asked too many questions about the sequel. Now he's going to do it to us. Yes, <laughs> I won't be involved in that. Oh, you will. <laughs> um, movie cost five million to make. Are Ru- you kidding? That's the monkey. That budget r- for the roughly monkey. Roughly five million. Um, and all the bikes they destroyed. Yeah, the bikes and the trucks and the monkey. Oh, and the magic shotgun that was like a cannon, right? Instead of an. Actual oh, also, shotgun. those bikes are the 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 weakest bikes. You look at them, they explode. Yeah. Um, and they did. <laughs> they did. Um, cost five million dollars. Opening weekend, it made ten million. Jesus. Worldwide, it did eighty-five million dollars and seventy-eight funds. I mean, that's tickets were like less wow. than a dollar, and just was. He was already a big star. He was already a big yeah, star, but yeah, but, he, but yeah. like this, 
they came out for this movie. They, he, at that point, he had done the Dollars trilogy, and he had done a couple of the Dirty Harry films, I think, by this point. He Play just Misty doesn't have the and, face for any sort of, of comedic type of, of thing. No, he is. No. I'm serious. I, I had a, I, I, it dawned on me, wait, this is supposed to be funny? You know, when they go <laughs> through a car wash, ever, it's, I was so it's, mad. It's, 15 minutes in it's, is when that car wash. It's more silly than, than, than funny. Worse than silly. But he never knew it, is what it's we're definitely saying. definitely no Blues Brothers. <laughs> so, um, according to the book, Clint Eastwood, Hollywood Loner from 92, uh, Eastwood called Clyde the Orangutan one of the most natural actors I've ever worked with. Okay, all right. But you had to get him on the first take because his boredom level was very limited. Clyde was better than anybody in the biker gang. That's true. He was better than the uh, the two law enforcement officers. The leader of the biker gang, is that Mad-Eye Moody? No. Is um, it not? Is this also why Clint Eastwood only likes doing one takes on his films? Yes. Um, let's see. Mass the orangutan once got upset and grabbed Clint Eastwood while he was driving the truck. The uh, Abe's trainer were able to calm him down by speaking to him over the two-way radio. <laughs> that has to be terrifying. <laughs> it has to be, yeah. <laughs> um, this is the third movie. This us. is the third of six movies that he made with uh, his real-life girlfriend Sandra Locke. She, How many? It was the they made. They made. This is the third of six. Third of six. Okay. Who? Which one was Sandra Locke? She's the main love interest. The, the one woman that, that broke his, his heart. heart. That was like a, essentially a prostitute. Yeah, the the yeah. they had the. He bought her singer. an outfit. He did buy her an or outfit. Or hustler, hustler. The they used. I guess that. Well, she did sleep with him though, so I guess yes, either would but work. She was ripping people off. With her body. And her voice. Um, like a snake. Uh, weird, weird fact. Uh, so Ruth Gordon, who played mom, she uh, she has won an Oscar for best supporting actress for Rosemary's Baby. Oh, I've seen that. Uh, that the same year, Sandra Locke lost it in that category to uh, her for a role in *The Heart Is a Lonely Hunter*. So, there's a weird connection there. Um, the song "Every Which Way But Loose," sung by Eddie Rabbit, uh, was written by uh, Steve Dorf, who's Stephen Dorf, the actor's father, and Mobilian Milton Brown. Okay, he has written songs with John Ed Thompson. Right, mm -hmm. so, so Milton Brown was... I think they wrote the ja Look at Them Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. I may be wrong about that, but... And um, here's some facts about them. So, 79, the title song, Somebody Rabbit. Top Billboard's hot country single for three weeks. Song debuted at number 18 on the chart, was the highest debut of the, on the chart since it began July 73. The song also went uh, number one spot on the Canadian radio state. Uh, it did. Uh, it hit the top 100 of the adult contemporary and the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart. Uh, the movie and its sequel used Clint and Clyde's first name out alliteration of its two main stars and its promotions for marketing. In true Hollywood style, Clint Eastwood got top billing. <laughs> and so, and since he was the biggest star, while Manus the Ranging got had to settle for second, man. I guess he had to get, you know, more bananas it takes, for that. It takes a lot of money to flip people off. <laughs> the weirdest thing for me is like how destructive he is, like weirdly destructive. Like in the when they're they're chasing the widows and he's got the little whatever the road paver scraper or whatever, and he drives it on the the train for no reason and just it's just weird. Well, no that that whole sequence the, uh, the it's very er cartoonish early in the movie the cartoon chase through the car wash that mm -hmm. led to like where they're tarring a road or something. All right. 
so many things were done that would have Clint Eastwood locked up <laughs> that you would have, cause he stole earth moving equipment or something. They would, he would have been, the movie should have ended there with him in jail. jail. Orangutan taken away. Um, Clyde, uh, man, is still orangutan is still alive with us, by the way. How long do they live? Um, I don't know. Producer, Kale, do you number two. Out? Yeah, I can check that out. Um, um, he's retired now. Yeah, yeah, he retired shortly after this. He, uh, and uh, he went back. The he was from a, a group of trainers out of Vegas. He went back to them. Uh, he's now on a sanctuary where uh, Michael Jackson's Bubbles the Chimp is. And so there's an animal sanctuary for like Hollywood pets, and that's where he's at. They live about 35 to 45 years. So he's getting. Was there. he like a baby when this was he made? He was three when he was made this movie. Oh, he's an old man now. Yeah. I wonder if he has a lady there. And then uh, while the script was made for Burt Reynolds in mind, he does work with Burt Reynolds later. Uh, Manus works for, on Cannonball Run 2. Yep. Over the, the orangutan? Yeah, he's in Cannonball Run He's the Lono driver. Does Okay, is there any information we can find if Clint Eastwood goes to visit the orangutan? <laughs> like if they're buddies still. That feels I like that would be a nice reunitement video. Never. I would buy. I would, yeah, I would be with you on that one. I, the way I've understood Clint, he's not very. But affectionate. he's not. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, clearly, you can tell by his face. So yeah. Uh, unfortunately, this movie came out in the late '70s, so I don't have weekend box office results, but I do have yearly um, box office. So we'll play that game. Do we want to go from? We'll go from 10 to 1. I don't know why I asked. We always go 10 for 1. Mm -hmm. Are we closing the tab? Yeah, we're, we've been closing. But we, but we didn't do the libation. Oh, sorry. We need to do the libation. libation. Yeah, sorry. Like, you're about to just close us out, but we haven't drank yet. Yeah, so let's do it. Let's do the libation. Sorry, I, I got sidetracked when we want to talk. almost at the end of the show. Yeah, we might as well drink. I, I, know, I know. Yeah. Sorry. I, it's the order right. got switched up when he was asking questions. Um, I apologize. No, 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 no. It was interesting. This, this, uh, this movie... This, it confounds me. It does me too. It, does, it doesn't fit Clint Eastwood's career. And then he made at two of them. All. He made two of them. And then it doesn't like, make me want to watch it. Again. It also exactly. But it's also weirdly like in a string of quote unquote like Clint Eastwood comedies he did in the eighties, like Pink Cadillac and stuff. That does. I don't even remember that. That's him and Bernadette Peters. Ooh. Yeah, and so. Um, what a bad combo. Right. Jim Carrey's in that movie as a stand-up comedian. It's the first time I ever saw Jim Carrey. And uh, how many comedies did Clint Eastwood do? Uh, oh, a few. Like really? Eight, yeah, the eighties has got a bunch of them. And then he's who would want to cast him in a comedy? Did he make them himself? I, well, he's had the star power. He just want to do different things. And so the eighties, he experimented. You, you. It must be that he wanted to try to uh, replicate Burt Reynolds. Right. Right. Because Burt Reynolds was having fun and making a ton of cash doing these films. You know, like, you know, like, you know there's Pink Cadillac, there's The Rookie, there's City Heat. City Heat wasn't a comedy. That's eh, sort of him and it's him and Burt. That's as, where Burt Reynolds got hurt. Yeah. So them doing their, the bootleggers, it's kind of, it's, 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 I would definitely call it silly. Uh, and then, of course, any which way you can. Then it got kind of serious after all that. He started doing true crime, space cowboys, blood work, million dollar baby, all that stuff coming out of the night after um, Unforgiven and the Line of Fire, which is dope. But yep, still with us. Yep. All right. 
So for our libation, uh, we found, I say we because my wife helps look it up, uh, both a drink called the orangutan and a drink called the original cowboy. Both took the same ingredients. This one's a little different because it calls for soda water. So I do have a, it's not necessarily soda water, but a carbonated uh, twist of lime Topo Chico, or I can use Sprite, not a sponsor, uh, <laughs> if you prefer that. Uh, so what is involved in this is a whiskey, and I chose a smoky one because it's repeatedly brought up how smoky the bars are. So I brought uh, a smoked whiskey, uh, fresh lemon juice. It's not fresh. You guys are just going to have to deal with that. I'm sorry. Simple syrup, and then, of course, the soda water. I do also have. A cherry. She's got elaborate. <laughs> yeah. Do you like uh, these ingredients? I I just if if you don't mind, could you make mine stronger than normal? I <laughs> certainly can. I understand completely. I just watched. I finished watching the movie uh, a, a couple of hours ago. Uh, so, I also so brought. Heavy on your heart. Uh, just yeah. in case, just in case this isn't hitting the spot just right, because we're talking about. I'm gonna say a western. It feel felt like a western. There was a lot of cowboy talk, a lot of country music. To me, that makes a Western. <laughs> so I also I have beer. A, I don't think he's a so, cowboy, but they all call him that. Um, I will mix up. this up, and then I will pass it out. I, don't see, I it saw was set in California, right? Right. LA. Yeah. But they would say, let's head east, and east was Denver. Right. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> peanuts are good. Yeah. Oh, yes. I also brought snacks, uh, peanuts, because it led to one of the fights. The first fight. Was it the first one? Yeah. The first not paid one? Just that yeah, happened in a bar. Yeah, because yeah. the first five minutes there was a fist fight and I had such high hopes. <laughs> I really did. I thought I'm gonna like this. Even the fights weren't that interesting. No, well, the fights were like most movie fights, unrealistic. Right. I did um, like the last fight, but the and the reason why the last fight happened like that, there's a trend uh ever since Rocky came out is that you're here, I had to lose a fight. And so they like Clint Eastwood was like, yeah, I need to lose that last fight. So that's what they wrote in the script. Well, they had to make him likable. Right. Which is hard to do in this one. Mm -hmm. it, well, you kept waiting. I kept waiting for him to. To show any characterization yeah. other than he loved his orangutan. <laughs> Love, he did and love he, fight. He was really crazy about this strange woman he met. Who I knew was shady from the beginning. I was like, I don't trust her. She has a friend. <laughs> Who doesn't really have a part either? He looks like a child. <laughs> Podcast listeners were watching, watching the drink be mixed. mixed. Mm -hmm. The no movie was either. so bad that we're all waiting for the libation to erase the memory of it. <laughs> That's what we're waiting we for. If it's strong enough, then our brain cells will not retain the movie. Yeah, it, we then have I nothing watch else it again to talk when about I'm it, in a yeah. senior citizen's home and hate it even more. <laughs> It'll come on and you won't be able to change it. It's going to be the problem. That's right. <laughs> and then you'll be angry. I, the devil is on my shoulder right now saying, watch any which way you can. Watch any which way you can. <laughs> See if a new director helped. Um, it has a lower rating on um, IMDb. A lower rating? Yeah, it's like a... Why? Because it had too much plot? <laughs> Yes. I do think there's a part where this one, this plot does get in the way. And I mean, I think plot does get in the way of this movie. It's just so many movies about a guy who fights with a monkey and 
stalks a girl. I think my my angriest moment was the fishing comedy. Out of nowhere. Yes. I thought you are wasting. <laughs> You've built up over the course of 30 or 40 minutes, these police officers chasing him only to have it in like that. Right. Yeah. Right. It's weird. Like, again, I don't know why they're in the movie. It's like, um, what makes this worse is this is a time where film costs money. So they're wasting money doing that. It did look like a, somebody was trying to replicate what Burt Reynolds and Hal Needham did in all their movies. That's Absolutely. It, it, like. it is a copycat. Poorly, poorly done. Poorly executed. But again, at the end of the day, it still made $85 million. So who do we know? I mean, like, who are we to say? Like, I mean, that's a lot of money for 78. Yeah, I'm looking at the sequel. It did just as well. Money-wise? Yeah. $15 million budget. Uh, 70.7 million North Jeez. American box office. And that was 1980, right? That came yeah. Out of yeah, so the first one was 5 million. The second one was 15 for, million. For because the, all that was, was more money, vehicles. To well, destroy. No, more money for Clint. Clint got, you know, Clint, oh, got, a, yeah. Clint got a boost. On yeah. That. He, he's, he's got to be half that budget, right? He's about to be seven uh, or three. Yeah. Cause it was at yeah. least three has to be for set for 80. All right. Would you prefer Topo Chico or Sprite? Your choice. Well, I'm going to open the Topo Chico. Okay. Yeah, I'll, so, and I'll I'll. I'm gonna try do, to open yeah. Do we have a bottle opener? Uh. I do number two, bottle. your teeth. Number two. <laughs> we need your opener? teeth as a bottle opener. Yeah. You know who normally does? Steph yeah. usually Stephanie usually has a bottle opener. Uh, yeah, you. What is this sprite? Hey, I got my bottle opener. Number two comes in for Andy. Scotty, it's fun. This is the first time you've asked me in here with a really bad movie. <laughs> it won't be the last. There have been, <laughs> there have been some mediocre Star Trek four worse than I had remembered it. <laughs> Better than this movie. <laughs> oh, by leaps and bounds. I prefer whales over monkeys, apparently. <laughs> Well, the whales weren't trying to flip us off. That was yeah. not the message. I mean, they have yeah, the whales are trying to do is flip you off. All right, try this out. Oh, would you like a cherry? Too late. Oh. <laughs> you want a cherry? Yes, please. If you want it, I might just bring it over there. I've made a royal mess. Uh-oh. Scotty White, is any of this going to be edited? Uh, some of it will be. Okay, I guess I'm getting the cherry. It's a shame that Stephanie couldn't have been here to share. I, her thoughts on the orangutan would have been, would you? Would she have been an expert on orangutan? It depends on how much she had to drink. <laughs> okay. Yes. Probably. Nice well, I made a mess, but nice there we are. Nice little close-up. I feel like I need to come stir everybody. Oh, I've, I've been. Do you taste the liquor at all? I have not uh, tried. I was oh, waiting. Let me, oh, let me yeah. give that a stir for you. Thank you very uh -oh. much. Oh, you're most welcome. I hope it's delicious. If not, I have beer. You got it, Caleb? Here, I'll just come to you. I forgot how much I like peanuts. 
I don't eat them. Well, often. these are I don't usually have them like this. I don't either. I like them with the shell. Feel like I'm at Logan's. All right, now his, that I'm uh... his family takes the shells and puts them in smoothies. <laughs> All right, ready? Cheers. Cheers. Very smoky. Yeah. I like it, kind of. What do you think? It tastes uh, medicinal. <laughs> In a good way? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You like it? Smoky whiskey's not my favorite, so it's okay. It's going to cure our every which way but loose But hangover. it does taste medicinal. Like, you almost need, like, the hair of the dog. This is literally, if I thought of hair of dog, it would be this drink right here. This like does. a cowboy. This, like something, this tastes like something you'd get at a doctor's office if they were serving cocktails at the doctor's office. In the 70s. Yes. Yeah. It's well done. And I made a huge <laughs> mess to do it. It's fine. All right. We can go ahead and close the, the we've tab all now. We've all made messes today, so. Yeah. I got a pile of peanut shells over here. That's probably going to last on the next show. I might just take this tablecloth with me. And <laughs> yeah, we all need it for two weeks. All right. Closing the bar tam. Like I said, the movie made uh, was made for $5 million and made 10 and grossed worldwide. It made 10 on the opening weekend and grossed worldwide 85. Uh, normally, I would tell you what the, the weekend was, but Box Office Mojo doesn't have that. They, they, they start in the early 80s having the weekend results and there's a way to find the seventies and I haven't figured it out yet. So, so we're going to do um, the top 10 movies of 1978. Okay. Guessing up which one they are. So okay. number 10 is an animated film. Oh gosh. You mean the beast. <laughs> it's an animated film that was later turned into a large franchise that eventually wins Oscar for best picture. Okay, it is The Hobbit. Lord, well, Lord of the, the Rings. Rings. I count that. Because that would be, um, I forget the director's name now, but I know that one. It's my one of my favorite adaptations. Uh, number nine uh, is a superhero film. Superman. Superman, Superman right? Was number, Superman was only number nine? Number nine. Yeah, I figured it would be higher, too. Um, number eight is the biggest hit of 1977. Star Wars? Star Wars. Star Wars yeah. It was the number eight movie of 78. That's how much staring power it had. <laughs> I've always resented Star Wars coming out at the same year as Smokey and the Bandit. I resented it coming out the same year as Damnation Alley. Have you ever seen Damnation Alley? No. Oh, that's that's the next one on the list. <laughs> that's, that's your next time coming to see us. Okay, I don't even know what it is. Um, Dame probably perverted, right? Nope. Damnation Alley stars uh, George Pappard. Okay. From eighteen, <laughs> all right. Um, Jean Michael Vincent. Oh, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good. It's going downhill. Jackie Earl Haley and uh, uh, Paul Winfield. Okay. So, and it's um, it's fun. <laughs> okay. That's what they all better say. Better than every yeah. which way but lose. I think so. Okay. Probably not by much, but I do think it's. <laughs> I, I think we're going. He also to enjoyed the scene. 
it's of getting the, monkey laid. So. Because it's funny. You gotta just look. It was not funny. You gotta, you gotta look out for your bro, and they're looking out for their bro, and I, I respect that. You know, I'm watching this thinking I need this movie to pick up the pace. What are they <laughs> doing? Going to a zoo? They're trying to help a brother out. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Number seven. Um, probably the biggest dance movie of the seventies. Of the seventies, yeah, the seventies. Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night yeah. Fever. It was only number seven. Number seven. <laughs> Some of these should be way higher. <laughs> number six is a sequel to one of the largest blockbusters in um, in the seventies. Jaws two. Jaws two film, which mm. we done on this podcast. <laughs> uh, number five is a movie that stars Warren Beatty. Shampoo. Heaven can wait. Yes. I appreciate Uncle Henry being here. Yeah, I have I, not been able to do any of these. The movies. last time that I watched been... a lot of movies was the 70s. <laughs> Number four is this movie, Every Which Way But Loose. This beat Star Wars and Superman. Yes. Superman came out um, wow. late that year. Um, As it was said earlier, the common man. And Star Wars came and out of man appreciated. Yeah. And Star Wars came out the year, year before. before. So so I can, I can the fact that Star Wars has, has staying power for 18 months. Superman too cerebral. It actually kind of was. That's where the reviews Marlon were. Brando was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three is a movie partially filmed down here in Mobile. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yes. Yep. Uh, number two is a John Landis movie written by Harold Ramis. Uh, that kind of launches their careers. Stripes? No, one for it. Stripes is 80. Mm. Or 81. Meatballs? No, that's Bill Murray. I don't know which one it was. Um, I'll give you a hint. Shout. Light it all out. Not that shout. Come on. Oh, Animal House. Animal House, yes. Phil. (laughs) Phil almost was number one. Uh, Now, that was, even though it's very filthy and disgusting, that had actual humor versus everyone. Absolutely. Belushi's hilarious in it. I don't think he had a line. (laughs) He had a couple. Uh, And number one. Um, is a musical. Grease. <laughs> no, I don't have to give you more hints. And that's where we are. Grease, lightning, go, Grease. Hey, what are your opinions on Grease? Grease is um, a disgusting concept because the whole movie people are, there's a girl that's good and they finally, by the end of the movie, they convince her to be one of the bad girls. Yep, that's true. It's yep. a bad. It's a terrible movie. You seen Grease? Um, y- yes. <laughs> I have. So when I was growing up, I had maybe three VCRs that I was given. Not VCRs. VHSs. I'm sorry. I had a TV with a VCR built in. And one of them was Grease. And she one of fancy. them <laughs> was the Babysitter's Club and PJ Sparkles. So, what is, what is Which P- is an animated kids show. It's one of my so favorites. So Grease was the highlight. So I would watch Grease a lot. So I know every song. Uh, later on, I got all the I Love Lucy's on VC, uh, VHS because she's my favorite. For you. <laughs> she's 
probably like one of my role models. So what did you think? Uh, did you listen to the podcast, mm -hmm. uh, Turner Classic Movies podcast about Lucy? There was no. like eight or nine. You got to listen to it. Turner Classic did it? Turner Classic did. Uh, you know the host on Turner Classic Movies? Which the young one? guy? Um, Mankiewicz? Yes. Ben Mankiewicz. Yeah. Yes. Okay. He does like an eight or nine part thing where really? they use interviews with her interviews with her brother all of this archival stuff it's incredible i will go listen to it yes i she seriously is one of my role models we have the the kids book they make all those books now about people that kids yeah. can read we have that one i have it on dvd now vhs it's called the plot thickens lucy. the plot thickens it's incredible her er, the early the early career of lucy in new york as a young woman that alone is fascinating right mm -hmm. Her and Charlie Chaplin. Those are my peeps. Well, interesting. Favorite Chaplin movie is? Oh, I don't know. Instinctively, I just thought The Kid. City Lights for me. But I don't know if that's my favorite because I enjoy so much of his. The Kid was good, though. Kid was good. City Lights is my favorite. Okay. Uh, the Gold is it Gold Rush. The Gold. Have you watched Unknown Chaplin? I don't think so. You must find the documentary series Unknown Chaplin. They found his rehearsal footage <gasps> for no lots way. of his movies where he's working on his routines. Okay, hold on. I got to make some notes. Unknown Scotty, Chaplin. will you send these to me because I'll forget? Yes, ma'am. It was wholesome, even though Charlie Chaplin probably not wholesome at all off camera. But watching him figure out what he was doing on, and you get to see it on mm -hmm. film, what was it the called? rehearsals. What was it called again? Un Unknown Chaplin. Unknown. And then... The other one, the, the podcast, plot thickens. The plot thickens. I got, I got, I got that one. So I'd actually, I enjoy theater, and I was talking a lot with Drew because he enjoys wrestling. So we were talking about wrestling and how it's almost like a performance on stage, but it's just done in a different context. I was like, listen, if I was ever a wrestler, I would go out and be a chaplain-based wrestler, where I would win or lose based on how they wrote me, I guess. But it would be antics like I would unintentionally win. Like you just duck at the right time and they punch themselves in the face. Like that's in, the kind of wrestler I would want to be. Is I would want to run into the ladders by accident. Yeah, like I would want to be a chaplain-based wrestler where I'm just constantly hurting well, someone on accident. Well, I do happen to know someone who owns a wrestling. No, yeah. no, I said if I did. I said if I, did. <laughs> I mean, we shut can, it down. We can I'm make saying, it happen. I can say I can make it like with a phone call right now. Because he just asked me to call. Have him you a been bit. to local wrestling a lot? I, I have not. Have you been to one of them? Tommy's the Diamond Entertainment. No, right? but I about ten or fifteen years ago, I went to some local wrestling in Grand Bay. Uh huh. And it occurred to me when I was watching it that you didn't need to speak the language, you didn't need to know English to get what was happening, because there was a storyline going on, mm -hmm. and it could have. It just seemed timeless, like early mankind could have been entertained with it. And so could people far after us. Well, I will say that Tommy Wedgens, uh, who owns gamers and geeks also owns diamond entertainment wrestling. Yes. yes. And it, he has put out a wonderful product. He's got really good talented wrestlers. Where do they wrestle? Uh, they wrestle right now at the, um, the Scottish temple. Okay. Every, right. they do once a month there and there. And also the, he just bought in or bought another company that does wrestling down in Foley. So he's doing it like twice a month now. Is this all going to be cut out of your podcast? No, this is all it. What, uh, how big a crowd shows up for that? 300. That's pretty cool. Wow. He does, he, he gets that is really pretty good. good. He gets, he gets, he's got a 
good loyal follower following. I'm gonna have to go see it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you and I when, go. When I went those years ago, you go, I would like to go yeah, in Bialabatri. I, the my favorite part. This is very divergent for every, every wood, every which sure, way. This was the part. This is the part of the podcast where we're at. The um, the and I apologize for holding the mic. Yeah, just get down with it. dramatic. There was a wrestler that was in his early sixties that he didn't want the crowd to know how old he was, and so that's why he wore a mask. <laughs> he was afraid to take his mask off because right. he would look too old in the ring. Mm. It, it was a lot of fun. There's, they have really interesting characters, and um, the the one I currently like is uh, John Breslin, who uh, dresses up uh, like Robin from Batman, yeah, and wrestles like that, and uh, and that's not an issue. I th I think at this level it's not. <laughs> he's like Rebel, he's like Robin adjacent. Oh, but like yes, you know, like Robin adjacent. Like are, are the colors like just off a little I bit? I mean, like I mean, like if you ordered Robin from Wish dot com, right? If you ordered Robin from Wish dot com, right? <laughs> okay, cool. I get what's, it. What's so so just enough to off off brand Walmart Robin? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like, hey, I want the value yeah, Robin. Yeah, they they spell it with a Y. It's like, I want, so it's different. You tell your mom, hey, I want Robin. We've got Robin at home, and that's the Robin you come home to. And so they they've got some interesting characters. And like when you want a smoothie, your parents say, "We've got a smoothie at home." I'm sorry. <laughs> come home for your smoothie. <laughs> Kayla's parents are in the audience as well, <laughs> and they make smoothies. So, um, Uncle Henry, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Well, Scotty, it's been such a pleasure having you ruin my weekend <laughs> with every which way but loose. Oh, just wait till Damnation Alley. <laughs> is, is, is the sequel We Get Loose? No. Is that movie where we get loose? No. Because that's how they should have done it's that sequel. any which way we can. Loosely. There's no loose. No loose. Where Clint Eastwood falls in love with another woman. And has another monkey this time they go well, north instead well, his, of west his, his girlfriend his girlfriend's in the sequel so oh she is uh, his girlfriend it's, or the lady sandra lock she's sandra lock. in the sequel yeah now i'm gonna have to go look at <laughs> <laughs> and he gives a report <laughs> it was yeah it'll be an angry report <laughs> Why do you do this to me scotty white i'll just send you home with a couple beers so I can just, <laughs> just do it today uh, I would not recommend this movie, <laughs> which is rare for me because I pick them. I, I wouldn't recommend this one. No. No. Oh, I definitely wouldn't. <laughs> no. I, I made it through. It's an interesting, weird divergent to Eastwood's career. I'm curious, like, what would have happened if he never got this script, if we wouldn't have got the string of weird movies he did in the 80s. Only interesting to me, because I'm a Burt Reynolds fan, and it's some, it's like a knockoff. Right. That's it's, the only interesting thing. So this about is it. a wish Burt Reynolds film. Yeah. So I almost think that Burt Reynolds set this all up. <laughs> yeah, because why why would no, they have to go there, through Clint a, to get to him? There's I mean, a famous story that Arnold Schwarzenegger set up Sylvester Stallone to be in uh don't shoot or don't stop um or my mom will shoot. I'll stop or my mom won't shoot. Yeah, we'll shoot. Yep, yep. Which has a scene where Sylvester Stallone is in a diaper and it's Terrible. Yeah. It is a terrible, terrible movie. Don't yeah, ever watch awful it. Movie. Never on us. We're never doing it on the podcast. But yeah, I have limits. It's one of those. It's you just have limits. I okay. do. <laughs> I like. Look, I'll put you through a monkey movie. We don't need to see Stallone in a diaper. We just okay. don't. We just, there's, right. there's. There's. I appreciate no, that. He wears a diaper. Yeah. There's a. There's a. Yeah. The movie is about his. His mom's played by Estelle Getty. So from Golden Girls. 
Which one? Um, Sophie. Sophia. Okay. Oh, the, okay, old, okay, old, okay, old, okay. the old mom. Old mom, yeah. She's she plays his mom. And he's a cop. He's a badass cop. And uh, she's just coming to visit and getting in, in the way and, like, washing his guns and stuff. And um, uh, she gets involved in, like, uh, witnessing a murder. And shenanigans happen. But he has this dream where he's saving the day, but he's, you know, in a diaper and like. So you actually see him. Right. In a and diaper the women are around him are like trying to change him as in like change who he is. And it's the. the, the oh, it's metaphorical. Yeah, it's metaphorical because it's a dream. Oh, and how deep. Horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's deep, but awful. I saw this movie in the theaters going, what the hell? <laughs> But if you see him from behind, you can tell how old he is by his back. You probably can. <laughs> Just like that wrestler that wore the mask. He's yes. hiding nothing. But the joke is, the, the, the story is, high is that, pants. that Schwarzenegger talked him into doing this movie. Because Schwarzenegger had had a string of comedy hits. Yes. And it was like, you need to do comedies. This is, the, this is funny. This will help your career. It did not. <laughs> <laughs> it did not. So... <sighs> What did help Stallone was Spy Kids 3D game over. No. Uh, Stallone's now got a um, rally series with his daughters coming to Paramount Plus. The Stallones. I guess his okay. wife's in it too. Okay. So. And so I didn't know he had that many kids. How many kids does he have? Three girls. Oh, his feel his that. son too passed away, I think of a drug overdose. Aww. And when he was in his early 20s. Right. Way to bring us down at the end. Sorry, that's my job. Just bring things down. Uh, this is Scotty saying this is our contribution to the multiverse. God and make yours. Goodbye. Bye.